you, Lord. We do magnify you. Thank you for this day. It's going to be so good. And we're so grateful for what you've already been doing in lives as we fellowship with you. Thank you, Lord. There's going to be good things working today. And we're grateful. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and greet somebody there by you. If you don't know them, say hello. Good to see you guys this morning. Glad to be here. It is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. And we wouldn't be here without them. Amen. And so it's, it's the truth. Meaning we might be, we wouldn't be anywhere without them. So it's a great day to celebrate and uh, thank your mother if she's still here. But you can still be grateful for parents. Amen. The Bible said, honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with promise. And you know, it's interesting, Paul, who we talk about, the person who gave the revelation of grace, still used that verse in the New Testament, amen, that it's the first commandment with promise, so we should honor our parents and uh, be thankful for them, amen, and regard them for that position that they have. Well, if you will, if you need a Bible, you can raise your hand, we'll loan you one of ours, you can leave it in the seat when you're done. I, I am convinced of this, that um, if we hear from God when we preach, then God many times either will speak this to somebody's heart, or it's already been working inside the people's lives before they ever got here. And so have you ever like heard somebody preach something and went, whoa, I was thinking about that, I've been praying, I've been hearing, that's been just something there, you know, this week, or the last three weeks, and I, and I talked to my best friend about it, or I was on the phone with this lady or with this guy last night, and we talked about that very thing, or we were talking about it on the way to church. And what it is, God will just get things, and, and there I'm convinced God wants to help you where you're at, but he also just puts things in us and works things in us. And so I believe that it will be no different today, that he is doing something in people and you just might recognize this. I know last week somebody came up for prayer and they asked for prayer about something. I wanted to turn, tell them, turn around and go sit down. Not in a mean way, only because I knew what they were asking I was about to preach on. And I thought, well, if you just go sit down, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that. And so, but it's because God works in people. And sometimes I think we don't always recognize God's dealings as such. We, we look at him and we think, oh, this is how it is, or I'm desiring this, or I'm wanting this, not realizing that certain things are really promoted by God, and sometimes we recognize this is God doing this, and other times we just think it's me. But I'll tell you what, there are things that God does in our life and works in our life and is endeavoring to do inside of every one of us that are believers. So if you will... Um, Turn to 1 Peter, and we're going to read a verse here, uh, but we'll let you turn to 1 Peter, and then I'm going to share a couple things, and then, then we'll read the verse. 1 Peter, and once you're there, it'll be easier this way. But anyway, we've been talking about knowing God's plan, His design, and so there is a plan that He has, and really there is a design. And so it's been a little bit different, but I want to talk about following the hunger in your heart that's deep within. <clears throat> and for every believer, I know there are scriptures that say that when we get saved, you know, or not when we get saved, but, you know, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and, you know, drink, and then, you know, you'll never thirst again. Well, there is a thirst again, a constancy inside of every believer because there are scriptures about it. And so what he was saying was your pursuit for life and fulfillment will be 
gone when you find me. But you're still going to thirst, you're still going to desire, and there are cravings that work inside of every believer. A wanting to walk with God. Every believer has a want to in them to walk with God and know His Word and want to know Him deeper. And sometimes what happens is people will just be praying and they'll say, God, uh, I want to know you better. And they'll just, and, but are they saved? Yeah. And are they fulfilled in life? Yeah. But they're just something internal that works. They'll read the Bible and they'll, and sometimes it can show up in different ways. Man, I just not seeing what I want to see in there, Lord. I want to see more. And I don't think that's bad. I think what it is, is we're connecting with something that's inside of us as a believer and we just kind of let it come out. And I don't think it's bad. I think it's kind of like a baby who uh, hasn't learned everything. And when they're hungry, they go, ah! And um, we have that in us. And, if we'll, and sometimes if we just get quiet or different times in life... We'll just recognize it coming up, but sometimes we'll recognize it as definitely from God. Other times we'll just think, I, I, I want to know you more. I want to walk with you more. And we think, I think that's just me. No, it is just you, but it's every believer. It's there. Every person who's saved, I believe even lost people have some of this in them too, just because they were made and created by God. But right here in 1 Peter 2, uh, and we'll read in the second verse, it's an interesting verse to me. It says this, as newborn babes. Now these are people, if you read in the context, who have been born again by receiving the word of God about Christ and about Jesus and so it talks about that in the 23rd verse of the chapter before, and now he goes on to say, as newborn babes, notice this, desire, you could say they hunger, they desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. In other words, they desire the pure milk of the word that they may grow by it. Why do we hunger for the things of God as believers? Because for personal growth, really our hunger is kind of the platform that helps us to go deeper with God. That's the truth. It is a platform. It's like if you eat food, you can gain weight, you can get stronger naturally. But he said this hunger... For the Word of God, the milk of the Word of God, He said, will cause you to grow. Grow what? Grow in and grow up in your relationship with the Lord. And grow in the faith. And grow in victory. And in this aspect of learning to walk it out. And so He said, newborn babes have a desire. Well, I know this. When I got born, my desire as a human being for food and sustenance has not stopped. So if you're a newborn baby in Christ, you desire the milk of the Word of God, but as you grow, you, your hunger doesn't go away. You may not just scream and go, Ah! I'm so hungry! But it's there. And I think we should acknowledge it. You know, as adults, we acknowledge our hunger. We'll say, I'm hungry. And then you'll do something about it. This hunger is not just a natural hunger. It's something below the surface of your feelings and your emotions, but it can influence your emotions for sure. Matter of fact, we'll probably read some stuff from the Bible, how that this hunger and desire for God to walk with Him, to see His Word, to grow with Him. And to grow with Him is to feed in the Word. In other words, it helps us to walk out this life. It was such a determining factor in one person's life in the Bible. He said he was willing to sacrifice and get rid of everything 
to follow this. How many of us have put things aside and said, we're not going to do that right now. I got to eat in life. Isn't that true? I mean, sometimes, you know, you're like, man, I'm, I'm almost shaky. I need to go eat. And you're like, that yard work can wait. I'll be better off eating and then doing something than not. But that spiritual hunger, there is a spiritual hunger too. And here he called it a desire for the truth. And there is just something about satisfying hunger. There really is. Naturally and spiritually. Have you ever eaten a good meal and got done and went, that was, that was good. Or you got done and then you had dessert with that meal and went, oh. And you think about it later. And you think, oh, that was so good. Walking with God is the same way. And there really is a hunger in every believer. That's why the Bible, I believe, when he talks about newborn babies, calls it the sincere or the pure milk of the Word of God that they might grow by it. In other words, when you follow the hunger, you'll grow. If you follow the hunger, you'll grow. I said, if you follow the hunger, you will begin to grow. And it's not just so much about exercise and practice, because even new babies don't do a lot of exercise and practice, but they start growing as they eat. Now, I do believe in exercise. I do believe in practicing the Word of God. But part of it is just following the hunger that is there. And there is an appetite in every believer. And so what I started to say is I believe that's why he said desire or hunger, the milk of the Word. And it's interesting, as you read through the Bible in the New Testament, you see the Bible is called bread. The Bible is called meat. Well, it's just, it's in line with hunger. You want it. And as you practice drinking milk, just drinking milk, you'll come to the place where you go from milk to other types of food, meat, and things like that. But it takes that milk. And here's the thing. There is something in every believer that hungers after the things of God. And I believe is really inside of people. I believe it's why people do so many crazy things in the world. I believe some of the adventurous spirit, you would say, in the world, where you know they want to do daring stuff and they want to jump off these buildings and do flips on motorcycles and all this kind of stuff, I believe there is a side there that that adventure is really, uh, there's, there's a, an adventure side in man that really only ever gets fulfilled when you really adventure with God. Where, where, where whatever it is, you go to the jungles of the world, whether it's in South America or Central Phoenix, or wherever it is, or in your neighborhood, and you step out and do something for the Lord, that is the adventure, I believe, that really is fulfilling in life. Amen? Remember Jesus, when he saw Peter there with that great catch of fish? He said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. And there is just something. I know I used to fish a lot, and I remember the first time or the second time I caught a bass over two feet long and, I mean, you know, 20, almost 26 inches long, largemouth, which is really big. And I remember catching it and thinking after how empty this is. How, because I kept wanting to do this thing and wanting, and I finally did it. I got it, but it didn't really satisfy something in me. Though it was cool, and I did get the fish mounted, and I still have it in a fiberglass form. And um, I have that, but it just didn't fulfill something. But Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You ever led somebody to the Lord? Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. Remember one day, 
the, he, he was at the well, and the disciples were gone, and they came back, and he had been witnessing to this woman, and he actually had a prophetic word for her and everything, and they came back and wanted to give him food, and he said, I have meat to eat of that you do not know of. It wasn't that he didn't want him to know of it. At that point, they didn't know about it. And he said this, he said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. In other words, when he did what was right, did what he was supposed to, it fulfilled a hunger in him. It satisfied something in him. And I know for me, catching a fish is one thing, but being able to witness to somebody and lead somebody to the Lord has a fulfillment totally different than anything else. And it fulfills the longing heart when we do His will, when we do the things that our heart cries out for. And so here he said, newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word that they might grow thereby. There are just things in life that will satisfy you in God that nothing else will do. That's why people wander around from thing to thing and place to place, and they can't get it because you don't ever make the connection, the heart connection, with other things. Meaning, you know, you can be doing the right job and it's right, but the things of God, there is a heart connection and a fulfillment when you follow after. And it's interesting that the promotion of this comes from within. What I mean by that, the promotion of this, this hunger, these desires to do and follow him come from within. We need to recognize that. Turn to Galatians, the fourth chapter. When a person is saved, or I even believe lost, you know, people get hungry in the world, and there's something in them where they think, this just doesn't satisfy me. This just doesn't do it. This just isn't it. Haven't you ever done something and you just went, this is not it. This is not it. And it just is robbing me. It's just this isn't it. That's because it will never fulfill the proper hunger. Amen? Now, some things are okay to do, like eat a donut and stuff like that, but you can't live off of donuts. There are some things that are just okay to do in life, and you might enjoy them, but you can't live off of them. You can't truly be fulfilled off of them. And notice this here in Galatians, the fourth chapter. This is why I say I believe there's a cry inside or hunger and a wanting inside of every believer. Galatians, the fourth chapter, and notice this in the... The sixth verse. And because you are sons. Who are these people? Save people. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Crying out. That's why I said there's a cry inside of people to walk with God, to know God, and you have to follow it. It is what you need to do. And sometimes we notice it as a desire. Here's a, here's a thought. Some people say, well, I don't have that desire that you're talking about. And I know I'm saved, but I sure want it. Wanting it is it. It's the truth. Wanting it is it. Saying, I want that desire, I don't have it. That is a desire. And what we need to do is move with it. Move with it. Your body will tell you, oh, we don't want to do that. And your, your mind will fuss sometimes. But way down inside, there is. It's there in every single believer. And he said here, cries out. I actually looked up that word cry there. It's literally like the cry of a raven that just goes, ah! I'll tell you, you as you recognize God working in you, sometimes you just, you just have a cry. I, I gotta know. I believe this is kind of like the backdrop of what Paul wrote when he said, I have to know him. 
I got to know him. It wasn't just know about him. I got to know him. And it's interesting because Jesus said in John 17, he said, you know, a couple verses in, he said, this is eternal life. This is what life is all about, that you may know him, the Father, and him, Jesus, whom he sent. He said, that is eternal life. You want to live an eternal life, you follow after God. Follow after. I am telling you, it will drive you to fulfillment. If you follow after the hunger, you, in time, will fulfill your destiny. You will. You will. Notice this in Psalm uh, 63. A real interesting verse. I believe it's the psalmist talking about a thirst and a hunger that he had and uh, that just he needed it to be fulfilled. He wanted it to be fulfilled. It's interesting to me uh, how David wrote about different things, about hungry at, hungering after God. You know, the one song that's sung so often, as a, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. And he was talking about his own experience, how he just had such a hunger for God and such a desire to know God. That is in you. It is there. It is there. And notice this in Psalm 63, a real uh, interesting psalm here. And we'll read probably about seven or eight verses. It says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Hey, we live in a dry land where there is no water. Somebody said, yeah, we live in Arizona. No, we live in the world. There is no water, not the kind that satisfies. And we live in a place that, that everybody's trying to drink and everybody's trying to get something. Even Jesus, when he talked about his peace, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives. In other words, the water that the world gives cannot satisfy your hunger. And so he said, right here, he said, My th soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Listen. We may live in a place where you cannot be fulfilled naturally, but you can still drink and be fulfilled in God. And that's what he's saying. He said, we live in this place. This won't do it. But he said, I'm thirsting after you, God. And he said, so I have looked for you, verse 2, in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. This is what he was hungering for and looking for, to see your power in action, to see your glory moving. He said, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Notice he said, I'll be satisfied. You can be satisfied, but he said, man, I have a craving to know you and to walk with you. And it doesn't come just anywhere. It comes from him. And that's why he said, I look to see your power in the sanctuary. Well, I know this is in the Old Testament, but we should just say, uh, we should expect to see his power, his loving kindness, and all these things in our lives today, now. We should hunger and expect to see them. Notice this, uh, verse We'll read five again before we go to six. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. I wonder if he put that there second after being satisfied. Haven't you got done with a good meal and you went, whew, uh, 
you know, you even unbutton your button one thing and lean back and went, ah. Some people burp, you know, and they're like, ah. Well, you're not supposed to do that after church. That's not appropriate. But people can say, glory to God. I ate well. I read my Bible today. I ate well. And it's not just eating. It's partaking. It's really knowing him. and why. It's not just I'm reading like I'm reading any other book. This reading is living reading where he's dealing with me. That can satisfy like nothing else can satisfy. It's the difference between dead and alive. And you read and go, oh, thank you, Lord. I don't know about you. Even when he's encouraged me or corrected me, it was good. It's just satisfying. I mean, that's why you never thirst again or need to look anywhere else because you've got the fountain that fulfills. You've got what works. And so he's talking here, and he said, after he was fulfilled and satisfied, he said, my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. It's interesting how many times in the New Testament things like, you know, when you use the name of Jesus and demons bow and things are subject, it said that God gets glory. It's interesting, he said, after your prayers are answered, he said that your joy might be fulfilled. There are just some things that happen after other things easier, so to speak. I can always praise God by faith and just act. But I'll tell you what, once you get satisfied, it's a lot easier, so to speak, to go, man, glory to God. I didn't say circumstances maybe have altogether changed, but you can give praise, you can give thanks because you're satisfied. Haven't you graciously said thank you for that meal? It was good, thank you. I noticed I prefaced graciously. But have you ever really had, not trying to say those meals weren't the best, but you were being grateful, but haven't you ever really got done and you didn't have to coach yourself to be thankful? You didn't have, you got done with a meal and you were like, thank you, that was good. You know, now you graciously said it the other time, no, thank you, that was good. Now, if you're thinking, I remember when he did that to me, I'm not talking about any specifics here, but there's sometimes then you just want to thank him again. No, 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 you don't understand. That was really good. Oh, man, that was really good. And I'm not just saying that to pump you up or anything. No, it was really good. And it seems like, man, he said, when I, he got satisfied, he said, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He said, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Notice verse 6. When I remember you on my bed... So you don't just have to go to the sanctuary. Somebody said, well, I am a little tired. He said, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Listen, the Bible talks about going to bed and eating the bread of sorrows, and that is inappropriate. What is eating the bread of sorrows? It's the opposite of what he's talking about here. And then he even tells you what you'll partake of if you eat the bread of sorrows. It's called what science or medical people call insomnia. He said, you won't have beloved sweet sleep. He said, you can change that. Well, right here, he said, in the night watches, we should meditate. What should we meditate on? It means to mutter and to think. Think about him. Think about what he bought. Think about what he paid for. Think about the good things he's done. And as you do that, it will build something into you. Think about how he's delivered you. Think about how he said what he said about you and what he has done for you and done for us in the kingdom. So he said in the night watches, somebody said, what are you supposed to do at night? In the night watches, you are to one thing you're to do is meditate, which means just to mutter, ponder, deeply think upon. Think upon. Remember all that God has done. Think about Jesus being the conqueror and above all things. Think about how good his word is. Notice this, because you 
have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. It's an interesting psalm, and it seems to be directly connected to being satisfied and having a hunger. We should never lose our hunger. As a matter of fact, if somebody had no hunger... Now, I've had this happen where my hunger seems to disappear for like a day or two, and I'll know God's dealing with me not to eat, to fast, and maybe pray. But for the most part, I really don't have an issue with hunger. I don't, it's not like, like I go a week or a month and I'm like, you know, I just, have I forgot something? No, I got my pants on. Didn't forget those. Got my shoes on. All right. You know, what did I forget? Oh, I haven't eaten in a few days. No, you would never think that. Here's why. Because hunger is the natural course for humanity. Spiritual hunger is the natural course for the believer. It really is. It is there. I said, it is there. Notice this. Turn to Philippians, the third chapter. I, I started to mention this a little bit, but I believe this is really what drove Paul. I believe Paul went with this, I guess you would say. But I believe what he did is no different than what affects your life. In other words, what affected him that made him follow this is no different than you. And I'll make that clear in English in a second. In other words, Paul had a desire and a hunger to really know the Lord and walk with the Lord. And as he did it and followed it, he got closer and closer to his destination. I believe it's the backdrop. This hunger was the backdrop for some of these statements he made. And I believe, as you look at scriptures, though we're reading the third chapter here in Philippians, the second chapter talks about God working in the individual to will and to do of his good pleasure. Well, God wants you to grow so your spirit will hunger, but his spirit in you will promote growth in your life and hunger after his things. Notice this Philippians, the third chapter. So in the backdrop of the sense of God working in them, he told them, he said, God's working in you guys to will, to want to, to do of his good pleasure. Then he talks about his own life, fulfilling God's plan, fulfilling God's destiny for his life. And it seems to be, as we read through it, you'll notice a, a theme of hunger and a willingness to forsake all for that hunger. A willingness to give up everything. Does God want to prosper you and want you to be blessed? Yes. But we always have to just kind of push everything to a second or a third place uh, behind following Him and living for Him and doing His things. Notice this, Philippians, the third chapter. It says this. It was it Psalms 50, 15 says, call on me in the day of trouble and I will answer. So. There's dinner. Well, we're already feeding you. We're feeding you. Oh, okay. Philippians, the third chapter, the seventh verse. Paul's talking about how he had a natural life and he had pursued stuff. And um, how now his pursuit has changed. And I'll tell you what, it is in people. There are certain things that are just in people. It's in people to follow somebody. It is. That's why there's dangers in, in, in following people. In this aspect, we are all called to follow God. But then he has put people over us in situations. And some people follow blindly. I don't think that's appropriate. And some people just follow after that hunger, you know, and, or that desire. Because it's in every man. And then they go after sometimes the wrong thing. And I'm talking lost people. 
people will follow a leader, you know, and it just amazes me sometimes. But it's because there's things in people that just get bent. You know what I mean? Like there will be some kid that's bad and others, I mean, will rally around him like Hitler. But there's just something in man where man is a sheep. And some are lost and some are walking with the Lord. And I think there are people who make unrational decisions and just follow the crowd in situations where given the right information, they wouldn't do it. Or the right, right revelation, right? 1 Corinthians 2 said they would not have done the things they did had they seen. They didn't see it. They didn't recognize it. Then the Bible said he's given us his spirit so we might know things. Well, so that we can act properly. I think sometimes people after they get saved, they were so committed just to following every cause, they kind of follow the same pattern as a believer, and we should follow the Lord, but it should be tempered by being led by his spirit and following what the word of God says. And not think, well, people are just infallible. There's... Everybody's a Christian's perfect. Actually, there are people on this side of the room over here that are just not perfect like the people on this side of the room. Or I said that wrong. I mean, this side's something. But w there is just something in man that's inherent that wants to follow, but it can get twisted. And there's something inherent in man that wants to serve and know and and walk deeper with god it's there and it can get twisted i believe i believe it was ew Kenyon. i heard this from first the the creation or the development or the cause of every world religion is a hunger inside now i didn't hear it, i read it uh because he's been he died in the 40s but so i didn't get to hear it but i read it so anyway, he said the cause, he believed that the major cause of a lot of the world religions is just an inherent hunger inside of mankind wanting to reach out and connect with God. But Christianity is so different because it, it's not just man reaching out to God. It was God coming and reaching out to man in Christ. And making promises from the beginning that he would come. And so it's important, though we have a hunger. You know, I heard somebody say this one time, and I didn't know if I believed it. And I kind of do. Too much hunger, it may not be good. Because you get just such a hunger, and you just start shoving stuff in your mouth. Sometimes it's good if you, have, if you recognize I have such a great hunger to be careful what you shove in your mouth. Because sometimes when you're hungry, you just stick your hands in there and start eating. I know a girl who did missionary work or had done some mission work in a country, and they were in a tent, and they were eating rice, and they were just so hungry. And they didn't have electricity or anything. And... Um, they looked down at the rice, and the rice was actually moving. Now, it wasn't moving like Rice Krispies that pop, okay? You understand? Not, not like that. Moving. When we're hungry, we still need to pay attention. You out there? Turn the light on. Pay attention. Don't shut the light off in your head. And we got to eat this. We do have a hunger. It is there. Paul said this right here. He said, but what things were gained to me? Philippians 3, 7. He said, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ or literally know Him. 
He so wanted to know the Lord, this hunger drove him, and he followed it. He was willing to just go, you know what, forget everything else. He found a key that would serve every believer well. He said, because I did not love my own life even to the death, I was able to live my whole life, finish my course with God, and do it with joy. Isn't that what everybody's looking for? To finish your course with joy, to do what He wants you to do, and I am convinced that if we really walk with God, we will reach our right destination. There's no way you can just connect with God and just really love Him and spend time with Him that He will not direct you to the right course which would ultimately recognize in our own thinking as the right destination. I don't think God's going to go, just to see, let's send them down that road over there. Look, they're just wandering around there. It's so funny. No, he wouldn't be like that. He sees the end from the beginning. So a lot of the small dealings and stuff like that, he's just helping you on your course. And if we'll just hunger to want to know him, and we do, and just kind of follow after that pursuit and express it and live it out and walk in it, he'll lead you to the right things. And if he leads you to the right thing, he'll lead you to the right destination. You may not get there today, but your destination is for the end of your life. But on the way, it will be exciting, it'll be satisfying, it'll be fulfilling. I am concerned when people stop being satisfied and fulfilled in their walk with God. There should be a hunger but there should always be a constant satisfaction. I didn't say it's without troubles, but the fact of the matter is there should be a fulfilling in it too. That hunger you have is given to be fulfilled. God gives you desires in life and a purpose in life for different things to do. What for? So he can ultimately fulfill them. He gives you dreams so that if you and as you follow him, he can fulfill those. He does it like this. He puts those things in you and lets you know these dreams so you have hope and expectation. Could you imagine living a hopeless life, a life where there was no bright light at the end of the tunnel? That there was no big thing out on the horizon? And he'll put things in you so that you'll want to step beyond today. It'll help you have purpose. I tell people who battle depression, you know, you should set things up in your life, especially people who struggle severely. Set things up in your life. Plan on a trip in six months. Plan on this in this time. Why? Because what it does is it helps you look forward to something. Because what the enemy wants is people to be full of doom and gloom like there is nothing to look forward to. And I am telling you, God will do this. That's what hunger does. Hunger makes you crave, but what does it make you crave? We go to restaurants and we look at a menu or we look at a board that has something up there or we do the drive through and it sh shows pictures and stuff. I'll tell you what, cravings in God are the pictures that he wants to fulfill. I really want to know him better. I want his word to live in me. I really want to see how to walk in love. And you'll see this great picture of what love looks like. That hunger followed after, I'll tell you what, that picture you see out there will become a reality in your life. And it will no longer be just a picture of knowing God. You'll actually know Him better. We just need to recognize we have that hunger. Let's do this. Let's bow our heads right now. And we're going to pray today. And I, I, maybe everybody here is a believer, but I'll tell you what. God has this in you. 
I believe that there have been people maybe in this room that you've been hungry and going, I need to walk with him. I got to know him. I got to know something in your word, whatever it is. And so this spoke to you on that. Maybe there's others going, man, I want a hunger. All you have to do is say, Lord, I want a hunger. And that's acting on that hunger. I am telling you, God is working in people. I believe he's doing something in lives. Let's bow our heads and I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for your spirit. I know there are people gone because of the holiday and out of town. I pray, Lord, that not just for these alone, but those who are not here today, that this hunger that is part of the believer's life would be recognized by everyone that's a part of this church. That you'd stir them so they would recognize it clear that that it would just begin to drive them from the inside and push and promote things from you. And Lord, I know that when they follow this, and so I pray for boldness for them to act on your word and on the things of your spirit. But I know, Lord, when they follow this, satisfaction is guaranteed. So I thank you, Father, for directing our paths and guiding us and that your spirit is truly working in us as believers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe he's working in you. And if it starts small, so do geysers. And they'll say, stand back. Amen. It's working in you because he lives in you big. Amen. God is good. Well, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. Or, you know, I know some people you know, set up reoccurring giving online. Some people do text giving and things like that. You can go to our website, ChristInTheNationsChurch.com or CTTNC.org uh, or .com. They redirect if you want to do online giving, and uh, then it will be directly done, or you can do it manually each time. It's just another way to be able to give and um, But we want to read a scripture. I still believe if you do it online, you need to do it in faith. And you need to trust God. Because here's the thing. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. And though we sow, we need faith to reap. We need to believe that that harvest is ours. And so that's why we'll read verses like, you know, Luke 6. Where it talks about give and it will be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be given to you. You need faith in the fact that you've sown. You need faith in the fact that it is being given unto me. Whether it's at work, opportunities, whatever it is, the blessing of God is on your life. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, which part of it is poverty or lack. So therefore, have faith in what he said. In other words, accept his word that you are redeemed. Accept his word that you've planted. Therefore, men give. I mean, you should be looking around thinking, who is that person that's given me? Where is it coming from? Because it's coming because God is working on my behalf. Amen? Well, so we won't turn to Luke 6 because I already said it. But if you need an envelope, you can raise your hand. We'll get you an envelope. There's somebody over here. And um, God has good stuff for us. I'm telling you what, I believe this. You may go for Mother's Day and eat a meal today, but this will be a good meal for you to start off with. Amen. Glad to be here. It's good to see you guys. I'm Pastor Linda's out of town with her husband and actually her family. Some of them attend here. Uh, They got to go to Florida. So... Nobody invited me, so I'll do the announcements for her. But anyway, uh, Next Steps class are coming uh, uh, this month on the 17th at 6 o'clock, then the 31st, we're skipping the 24th, which is uh, the holiday weekend, then we'll be back on uh, the 31st and the 7th, so it's three Sunday nights. The Next Steps classes are a way for you to get further connected and committed here. 
and to become active. If you believe this is your church, uh, then these classes are for you. They're like a membership type of class, but they're really just a way to connect and get focused and help serve and different things like that, get to know more about the church. So if you're interested, please sign up in the lobby for those classes. And then our camping trip is coming June 17th through the 20th. It's up on the rim, so it's not just in Payson. It's up where it's a few I was going to say 100,000 feet. It's much cooler up there. Cool people are up there. You could be one of them. And so we, the cost is minimal. We were going to charge $500. We discounted it down to like 50. I made that up because, you know, isn't that true? Like they mark something up at the place. They're like, we got a blue light special. You know, a can of soda is three bucks. Used to be 12. You're like, well, let's go get it. It's still ridiculously high. But anyway... Ours isn't ridiculously high. We will provide food, the meals. Um, you'll need to bring your own camping gear. But the campsite, there are showers. There are lakes around there. Uh, there's going to be more information. There are flyers in the lobby about it. But you can sign up and pay in the lobby. I know Kara and Amber, you can see them for more information. They have their hands up waving them around right now. And uh, for more information about the camping trip, you can go up on Wednesday or you can go up on Thursday and then we come back on Saturday. It's usually much cooler there. It's a good time to get away. And so we don't supply entertainment. We, but we supply the atmosphere of entertainment, I guess you could say. Anyway, there's a men's night coming up May 29th. There's flyers like this. Everyone should have got one when they came in the door this morning. It says a sweet night of worship. The reason is, is that's not like slang for sweet. No, that's because we're going to have a lot of desserts. And there's some things on there about bringing your favorite dessert, homemade or store-bought. You know, because if you're single or your wife's like, hey, then you can go to the store, you know. And bring one, and so there's going to be prizes and stuff for the best dessert. If anybody brings the thing I plan on bringing, then, yeah, God bless you. No, <laughs> then we just have good taste, that's all. But anyway, it's going to be a great night, so take some of those flyers, bring some guys out. Also, the missions meeting that normally is the second Sunday will actually be next week, so payment is due, and so we're getting really close to going uh, every week that passes, we get closer. Amazing. Every week that passes, we get closer to the second coming of the Lord, too. And so, but we believe that will be after the mission trip, so a payment will be due next week. And then there's one more payment after that, and we're going in July, and so we're going to have a great time. So there will be a missions meeting next Sunday morning. You can be dismissed, be blessed, and have a great Mother's Day, and good to see you guys. Yes, and there is church tonight. <laughs>